I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. Marshalls, Gap, H&M, Uniqlo, Abercrombie, and Fitch. Those are just a handful of the retail stores that have closed in San Francisco's downtown and Union Square in recent years. On Tuesday, Nordstrom became the latest retailer to announce that it's leaving the city. After more than three decades, the retail giant said it will close its massive flagship at the Westfield Mall at the end of August. It also announced that its Nordstrom Rack location across the street at Fifth and Market will close on July 1st. In a statement, Nordstrom cited safety concerns for customers and employees and said the closure, quote, underscores the deteriorating situation in downtown San Francisco. The area's retail woes have gotten a lot of recent attention. Whole Foods closed its 8th and Market location last month, citing rampant theft and drug use. And a fatal shooting of an alleged shoplifter at Walgreens by a security guard last week has stirred controversy. The grim headlines have stoked the debate over public safety and how the city can best encourage economic recovery. Today on Fifth Emission, what's going down on Fifth and Market with Chronicle reporters Chase DiFelice Antonio and J.D. Morris. The Chronicle's notable neighbor is leaving the city. What could fill the 312,000-square-foot hole that Nordstrom's will leave behind? Even the Chronicle's own building at 901 Mission Street is facing a potential vacancy crisis. As reported on Wednesday, there will be an exodus of tenants, Yahoo, and Autodesk later this fall. What kind of creative solutions will San Francisco leaders have to come up with to stimulate foot traffic downtown as fears around crime persist? And while everyone's talking about public safety, is that the main issue that needs to be addressed? J.D. and Chase... Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. Chase, let me start with you. There's been a series of retail closures announced downtown recently, but on Tuesday, a big one joined the list, Nordstrom at the Westfield Mall and the Nordstrom Rack location nearby on Market Street, the Chronicle Building's neighbor. Why is it happening and how big of a deal is this? Well, as we reported on Wednesday, this means about a little less than 400 people are going to lose their jobs at the main Nordstrom location and Nordstrom Rack. So there's a human impact here as well as kind of a larger question that has to do with retail in downtown and also decreased foot traffic. A lot of that has to do with the pandemic, people staying home, and also the perception of crime in San Francisco and the downtown in particular. So this location has been there since 1988, about 35 years covers a bunch of floors, about 300,000 square feet. I mean, it's a big department store. Nordstrom is really kind of the anchor at that mall for a really long time. You know, Nordstrom has said that the dynamics of downtown have changed recently. They really talked about the decrease in foot traffic to say nothing of the perception of crime. But, you know, the mayor's office has also pointed out recently during the course of our reporting that even before the pandemic, the city was trying to work with the Westfield Center to kind of change Nordstrom's footprint and exactly what that part of the mall looks like. Now, J.D., Westfield Mall placed the blame for Nordstrom's departure largely on public safety, citing decreased foot traffic and other challenges of Market Street, including, quote, unsafe conditions and a deteriorating situation downtown. Nordstrom is not the only one. What have other businesses been saying about how public safety downtown is impacting them? The easiest example to point to would be Whole Foods just last month temporarily closed It's downtown location around Civic Center. We reported that there were, you know, thefts at that location, but there was also somebody who died of a drug overdose inside. The New York Times had a story recently 
that mentioned that there was somebody with a machete who had come in there multiple times. So this has been something that's been a concern for businesses downtown for a while, though. I think part of what's happening here is, you know, as downtown has emptied out and stayed so much emptier than it was before the pandemic, public safety challenges that were maybe already there have become much more visible because there's not as much other activity around. But we also know that the fentanyl crisis, for instance, has grown much worse. Now, Chase, just to play devil's advocate a little bit here, is San Francisco really facing unique challenges when it comes to public safety? We know that retail mall businesses have been suffering for some time. People have pivoted to online shopping. And there's been so many think pieces about how malls in general are obsolete. So what do you think? I mean, it is true that malls have been struggling for quite a while. And frankly, the pandemic's impact hasn't done them any favors. J.D. talked about the hauling out of downtowns. It's not just San Francisco. Uh, that's also happening uh, in parts of downtown Seattle, which is actually where Nordstrom is based. So it's not necessarily a San Francisco-specific phenomenon. It's also important to point out there here that Nordstrom has said pretty recently that they plan to open five new stores uh, around California, some of them in the Bay Area, and those are mostly in shopping centers. So mm. I think part of this is the company reassessing where they think people will actually be and how it will be more possible for people to access uh, their stores. And really, if no one is walking by the store, if it's in a downtown where there isn't a lot of foot traffic, that makes it a lot harder to bring in customers and it makes it a lot harder and at a certain point kind of impossible to bring in enough sales to keep the location going. I think it's important to note here that the company's decreased its workforce by about 12,000 people compared to five years ago. Mm -hmm. So essentially they're, they're cutting costs at the same time as they are reassessing really where it makes sense to have stores. So there's a few things going on at the same time here. Mm -hmm. And clearly they've made the decision that Westfield Mall is not the place for them. J.D., what might happen to this massive hole in the Westfield Shopping Center? What could that space become now? Well, we're going to have to wait and see. Even before the pandemic, Westfield was already looking at redeveloping part of this space. They got approval from the Planning Commission in December 2019 to convert to the top floors in the Nordstrom area to office use. I would be surprised if that is what happens there now, just given that we know how the downtown office market is struggling so badly. You know, we've got such a massive, massive vacancy rate here in San Francisco. But it could be part of the solution, I suppose. The city is talking about relaxing rules all around the Union Square area to allow the upper stories, which previously have been really focused from a zoning standpoint for the city on retail. They want to make it easier to put offices in some of those upper stories. But I think for Westfield overall, you know, there's been a lot of talk at the city already about different uses that the whole mall, you know, could lend itself to on the upper stories. So you think about various sorts of like arts and entertainment, nightlife. There's definitely strong interest within City Hall to work with Westfield on kind of redeveloping the whole mall, you know, which would probably require Westfield partnering with an outside developer, but the city could step in and help with uh, doing like a tax financing district and, and things like that to sort of 
help make such a massive project feasible. And Chase, the owner of Westfield Mall said that he's raised concerns to San Francisco city leaders about crime and other issues for years. Did the city try to address them leading up to this announcement? Yeah, so I think what's interesting here is when we initially reported that this Nordstrom location and the Nordstrom Rack location were going to close, the mayor's office pushed back pretty hard on this narrative and was very quick to point out that they've assigned two SFPD officers to the mall, to the Westfield for quite a while now, that there are kind of blue-jacketed retired uh, police officers, ambassadors, unarmed in the area around the area of uh, Market and 4th and 5th Street, and that there's also been collaboration with the California Highway Patrol's uh, Retail Theft Task Force to try to clamp down on that. And that's on top of, at a lot of the entrances to the mall, there's private security as well. The mayor's office also pointed to legislation that her office introduced to try to uh, freeze tax increases for retail and other sectors. So, I mean, I think if you're reading between the lines a little bit here, Mm -hmm. there's kind of a narrative that the city is trying to construct that this is about broader, bigger issues that have to do with foot traffic and the future of downtown and just retail in general and that public safety concerns are part of the equation, but are kind of this aside. I, I think there's a, certainly a debate to be had here and that both of those things are certainly true. What ideas do city leaders have for increasing foot traffic in downtown San Francisco beyond just more policing? Chase Felici Antonio and J.D. Morris will tell us after a quick break. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. J.D. Morris, Westfield Mall, which has housed Nordstrom for more than three decades, is in District 6 of San Francisco. That's moderate supervisor Matt Dorsey's district. And he's been publicly expressing his disappointment over Nordstrom's decision to leave the city. He tweeted, quote, This underscores the urgency of why we must commit to a fully staffed police department ASAP. What is he proposing? What he wants to do is he wants to put a ballot measure on the ballot uh, in March 2024 that would increase the number of police officers that San Francisco has by reinstituting a minimum staffing level for the police department that is higher than the number of officers we currently have and uh, providing for a an amount of funding that's set aside to pay for this. That would happen over five years is sort of what he's envisioning. And if in any given year that the city – is not able to meet those hiring goals, unspent funds would go toward retention and recruitment bonuses. He is a former spokesperson for the San Francisco Police Department. He's made policing and public safety really top priorities for him. And he thinks that, you know, increasing staffing in the police department will lead to a better sense of safety across San Francisco. So that's what one city leader is really focusing on. But I want to ask both of you, could the city be trying other things to increase foot traffic, not just address crime? Chase? When you talk about what the city has been trying to do about this for a while now, dating back to, in some cases, before the pandemic, it is kind of this carrot and a stick approach. So 
On the one hand, the city's introduced a tax on retail vacancies that it began collecting on last year, basically trying to make it financially painful for building owners to have the storefronts vacant and not filled up with rent-paying companies, uh, businesses that are going to increase foot traffic and ideally revitalize communities, for example, the downtown. But also recently we've reported that the city you know, announced changes to how they want small business permits to work. It's proposed legislation, but the idea is it's aimed at making it easier to get going in a new storefront, basically once you sign that lease, to have a much shorter period of time from when you can actually open your doors. And then also to make it a little bit more flexible. So it's, you can maybe sell coffee and also plants, for example, and have a cafe, but there's also a space for selling art. So right now there's a lot of stringent rules on what exactly you can and can't do with a given permit in a given space. So they're trying to loosen that up. The idea being it'll be easier and less expensive for new businesses to open or businesses to expand. I think it really does remain to be seen if uh, that'll all make a difference when it comes to vacant storefronts downtown or if there is really a larger re-envisioning of what that space can and should be used for. J.D., it seems like this is a moment that begs some creative solutions from the city. What else could they be trying? So, you know, we talked before about how the city wants to encourage Union Square spaces to be less focused on retail on the upper stories. So they're moving forward with that. But the same legislation that would tackle that is also geared at making it a bit easier to convert downtown office buildings into housing just sort of by relaxing, you know, different city rules around like rear yard requirements and things of that nature. We do have to emphasize that converting offices into housing, it's a really, really expensive proposition. It it doesn't make sense for a lot of these older buildings. And we've only seen, I think, one proposed officially in San Francisco so far, and that's at the Warfield building. And J.D., you recently wrote a piece about how an emptying downtown is just really bad news for the rest of San Francisco. Give us the big picture here of these impacts. How important is the tax revenue generated in downtown? It's critically important. Before the pandemic, downtown neighborhoods were responsible for about 70% of San Francisco's jobs and most of its tax base, too. Three quarters of the city's gross domestic product comes from office work. And the deteriorating situation downtown is a big part of why San Francisco is looking at a projected $780 million deficit over the next two fiscal years because we're not going to be getting as much commercial property tax and business tax revenue as we once thought we would in the years ahead and the city's costs are going up. Of course, that affects funding for any number of critical services that you can think of in San Francisco. As you both know, lots of national outlets have picked up on the Nordstrom closure announcement in San Francisco, and they're using it as an example of just how bad crime has gotten into San Francisco. Just from our conversation here and your respective reporting, is it fair to say that crime is a part of the equation and maybe just not the full picture? Chase, what do you think? I would say so. I mean, these are complicated questions with complicated solutions. I think what is true is that in San Francisco, the chance of a person being a victim of a violent crime are still very low compared to other major cities in the U.S. But 
What's also true is that property crimes and retail theft have gone up over recent years, particularly during the pandemic, and that's a problem for the city, as are things like open-air drug use and the tenderloin and, and elsewhere and unaddressed mental health concerns and issues for people who are unhoused living on the street. So I think all of those things can kind of come together and really play into the perception of crime in San Francisco and the perception of what San Francisco's downtown is based on what it used to be. Mm. So I think as important as what is actually going on on the ground with foot traffic and crime concerns, there's also this question of how we are seen in the larger media. And I think San Francisco, it's easy to use the city as kind of this liberal whipping boy and say, oh, uh, San Francisco's liberal policies, they've driven a lot of companies out. But as usual with things like that, the answer is actually a lot more complicated than uh, that kind of equivalency. I would agree. I think it's important to remember that Union Square was struggling and losing businesses even before the pandemic. The Chronicle building is just a block away from Fifth and Market, from that Nordstrom Rack that's closing and and from the Westfield too. And I, I think it's just obvious to all of us here that a lot of the, the street issues that you would see sometimes even before are just much more visible, whether that's just someone who's mentally unwell walking around screaming obscenities or something more serious. I don't think we can deny that that is definitely a big issue here and that local businesses are seeing that. It just kind of becomes like a chicken or an egg kind of question when it comes to San Francisco's recovery, right? It's going to be a tough problem for the city to solve. I'm not really not really sure how quickly any of that's going to get addressed. Mm. A tough problem and a sobering one. Chase, JD, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Chase DeFelici Antonio covers tech and labor for The Chronicle, and J.D. Morris covers City Hall. Find their reporting on Nordstrom's closure in downtown San Francisco, as well as other stories on the city's doom loop online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thank you to King Kaufman for editing this episode and to you for listening.